gold standard. Welcome to the Dr. Hedberg Show for cutting-edge practical health information. For the latest articles, videos, and podcasts, visit drhedberg.com. That's D-R-H-E-D-B-E-R-G.com. The information in this show is intended for educational purposes only. Always consult your healthcare professional before attempting anything recommended in this program. And now, here's Dr. Hedberg. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Hedberg Show. This is Dr. Hedberg. And in today's episode, I'm going to be covering thiamine and Hashimoto's disease and the fatigue that is associated with Hashimoto's disease and how this B vitamin might be able to help you. So vitamin uh, B1, which is thiamine, is really important for energy production in the body. And there was a fairly recent study published on thiamine and Hashimoto's disease. This was in the Journal of Alternative and Complementary Medicine. And this was just three people, so it was only three case reports. So a very small sample, but very interesting nevertheless. So this particular study, uh, like I said, so it was just three, it was three women who had Hashimoto's disease and hypothyroidism. All three of them were taking levothyroxine, the thyroid hormone. And these women reported the following symptoms, even though they were on thyroid medication. So they had fatigue, insomnia, depression, anxiety, chronic nervousness, memory loss, focus and attention disorders, cold intolerance, and dry skin. So they filled out this uh, survey called the Fatigue Severity Scale. It's just a questionnaire to see how severe their fatigue is. And they did treatment. Uh, They filled out the questionnaire at the beginning of treatment and then 20 days after starting the treatment with thiamine. So they tested TSH, free T4, and free T3. And all of those actually came back normal even though they had all these symptoms. And those of you who are familiar with my work know that there are many reasons why all of your numbers could look good, but you still have symptoms. Their thyroid peroxidase antibodies, TPO antibodies, were also measured. And all three of those were elevated in all three women. Now, they did do testing for thiamine levels, Uh, But none of the patients were actually deficient in thiamine. So two of the patients took 600 milligrams a day of thiamine orally. And then one patient received 100 milligram injections of thiamine every four days. So that was done for 20 days. And then the patients reported how they were feeling. So all three women reported that they had significant improvement in their fatigue. So patients one and two reported 100% elimination of their fatigue. And patient three reported moderate improvement. So if we look closely at the numbers in the study, patient three, who only had moderate improvement, 
she had the highest levels of TPO antibodies. So they were 1,725, so extremely high. Patient one, antibody levels were only 322. And you know from my work and the research that once they get below 500, we don't worry about them anymore. And then patient two, her antibodies were 526, so just barely above the the 500-point mark that we're trying to target. So patient three, she probably didn't get the same improvement as the other two women because her antibodies were so high. So her Hashimoto's was obviously really flaring. So we know that elevated antibodies do correlate with the symptom severity in Hashimoto's disease. So that's the best possible explanation that I can think of. Uh, But again, there could also be many other factors that could be the reason why uh, she didn't do as well on the thiamine. So the authors, they do note in the paper that ongoing intake of thiamine should be accompanied by all the other B vitamins in a B complex, and that's because the Bs work together. And if you take high doses of one without the other, this can cause problems over time. So the authors also try to answer some questions, the first being, so why did we see improvement in fatigue in none of the pa- if none of the patients were deficient in thiamine to begin with. So they say that there could be an issue with the transport of thiamine into the cell, into the mitochondria where energy is produced, or there could be an enzyme defect, and that could be a genetic factor. Uh, but in either scenario, you know, large amounts of thiamine would be required to make normal energy levels. So... They state the these these issues really could just be genetic. Um, that's kind of similar to what we know about vitamin D because of the vitamin D receptor. People can have uh, a genetic defect with the vitamin D receptor and uh, thus require more vitamin D supplementation. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about thiamine. Like I said, so it's B1, vitamin B1. It is water-soluble, and it's one of the most important vitamins for energy production. It, it's The way thiamine works is it turns the carbohydrates you eat into energy. And then it's also required for the utilization of the protein and the fat that you eat. Also, it's very important for muscle contraction, nervous system health. And it's not stored in large quantities in the body, so we have to get it constantly from the food that we eat. So magnesium is required for proper thiamine function. So you should be evaluated for magnesium deficiency with a red blood cell magnesium test. Um, If you do have fatigue and Hashimoto's hypothyroidism, uh, the thiamine might not work as well if uh, you're deficient in magnesium. So that woman number three, she might have been magnesium deficient, and that could have been another explanation for why it didn't work as well for her. Now, it's interesting because 
you know, Hashimoto's disease, it leads to hypothyroidism and that leads to low stomach acid. So you've got low hydrochloric acid in the gut. And actually we've known since 1978 in a, a Russian paper that was published that uh, if you're deficient in thiamine, you will have low stomach acid. And so if you have low stomach acid, this leads to all kinds of gut issues and nutrient deficiencies. And low stomach acid also leads to SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, which would further inhibit the absorption of thiamine. So you can see what a vicious cycle that can be. Low stomach acid, low thiamine levels, hypothyroidism, SIBO, gut issues, and all of that loops back to the thyroid and everything else in the body because, of course, the gut is really key in, in so many issues. Now, the causes of a thiamine deficiency would be, number one, malabsorption. And so that could be due to celiac disease or if gluten has damaged the small intestine, that could be enough to do it. Uh, SIBO, like I just mentioned, low stomach acid, um, gut dysbiosis, fungal overgrowth in the upper GI, small intestinal fungal overgrowth. So all of those issues could, could lead to that. Also, if someone's taking antacids for a long time, they could become uh, deficient in thiamine. Also, if you're following a restrictive diet for Hashimoto's disease, like the autoimmune paleo diet, that can potentially be low in thiamine. And then alcohol is actually a very common cause of thiamine deficiency. So just a glass or two of wine you might be having every night, uh, combined with gut issues and dietary deficiencies, that could really, really zap your thiamine levels. Also, if you're exercising at a high intensity on a regular basis, that can also lead to thiamine deficiency. And then high carbohydrate diets, or if you binge on carbs, that also depletes your body of thiamine. Coffee and tea, these lead to thiamine deficiency. So coffee and tea, they have a compound that inhibits thiamine utilization in the cell. Uh, so that could also lead to a vicious cycle because a lot of people are using caffeine from coffee and tea to get their energy levels up, but they're actually just depleting their thiamine levels even more and causing more fatigue. So some of the classic symptoms of a thiamine deficiency would be nausea, headaches, irritability, depression, abdominal discomfort, and trouble digesting carbohydrates, and fatigue, of course. And then these foods, so the following foods, are rich in thiamine. So any kind of enriched, fortified, whole grain foods like bread, cereal, rice, pasta, and flour, uh, they have thiamine added to them. But of course, those are all foods that you don't want to eat. Um, beef liver is very high in thiamine. I've been eating a lot more liver lately. Um, make sure you get it from uh, pasture-raised animals. Uh, don't eat uh, factory-farmed uh, liver. 
where the the animals, the cattle are treated poorly and fed things that you don't want in your body and also given antibiotics. Um, if you don't really want to buy liver and cook it and do all that, the company Epic, uh, which you may have seen the Epic bars out there, they're like actual meat um, in the packaging. Epic now makes beef liver bites, and uh, those are actually really good. Uh, they're beef liver and a little bit of grass-fed beef, but um, I've been eating a lot of those lately. Pork is high in thiamine and poultry, so chicken and turkey. Wheat germ is high in thiamine, blackstrap molasses, dried milk, legumes and peas so that would be beans and lentils and peas and then nuts and seeds so you can see you know on the autoimmune paleo diet or other restrictive diets they don't really contain any of these other than the poultry and the pork and the beef liver because there's no grains there's no wheat germ there's no molasses there's no milk there's no legumes and peas and there's no nuts and seeds. Uh, now the other issue could be if someone is not preparing the legumes, nut and nuts properly, because those need to be soaked overnight before they're consumed. So beans need to be soaked and then cooked properly to neutralize the um, phytates, which are compounds that inhibit nutrient absorption. And same thing with the nuts, you soak those overnight and then either put them in your shake in the morning in the blender or you just have to dry them out in the oven. You just put the oven on warm, which is about 170 degrees and they just have to cook and dry out all day. Usually like eight to 10 hours is enough. So you do have to do prep work if you eat those, if you want to... Um, get rid of all those anti-nutrients so you'll see like in the nuts when you soak them overnight the water is going to be brown in the morning and you just keep you just rinse them over and over again until the water is clear and same thing with the beans usually two or three rinses and and you've got all the anti-nutrients off so again this can be a reason why a lot of the patients i see they end up feeling a lot worse on the autoimmune paleo diet, um, especially a lot more fatigued, and it could, could be because their thiamine levels are dropping. So if you're, the, the takeaways here are, number one, if you're taking thyroid medication and you're still tired and your numbers look good, it could be thiamine, and you may benefit from thiamine supplementation so you also want to look at all the reasons why you could be deficient in thiamine, and that would go back to your gut health. So that needs a thorough evaluation. And uh, magnesium, you'd want to look at that as well. So it's important you work with a functional medicine practitioner who can do this detective work and figure out why those levels might be low. And if you want to try it out, Thiamine is relatively safe because it's a water-soluble B vitamin. But it's hard to find 
products out there that have high doses. Most of them out there are up around 50 milligrams. So that would be 12 capsules a day. That's just not really feasible. Uh, so I like a form of thiamine called Benfotiamine. And that's uh, a product called Benfomax from Pure Encapsulations. And uh, one of those has 200 milligrams. So you take one with breakfast, one with lunch, and one with dinner. And that gives you 600 milligrams. And you do that for one month, but you also want to take a B-complex along with it. And then after one month, you want to drop down to just one a day or try and get all your thiamine from food. And uh, if you're just taking a B-complex, then that will also give you some thiamine as well. So I hope this was helpful. If you go to drhedberg.com, I have my article on this paper and the the paper broken down, uh, links to that if you want to read the paper yourself. And, um, but really interesting, again, small sample size, but I have been using thiamine and it is working in some people for their fatigue. It can work quite well. So it's a relatively inexpensive, straightforward way to get your fatigue under control if you're still struggling with that and you have Hashimoto's disease. All right. Well, take care, everyone. This is Dr. Hedberg. Looking forward to the next podcast. If you enjoy the Dr. Hedberg Show, you can support it by sharing each episode on your social media channels, like Facebook, and by leaving a review on iTunes. Please visit drhedberg.com. That's D-R-H-E-D-B-E-R-G.com to access the show notes and resources for today's episode.